0: Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang, we are back for another Wednesday of full nerdy excitement, and I've got a full list for you this time around. Uh, One of the things that I want to do is get into a little housekeeping before we start the show. Um, If anybody knows me knows that I am currently putting together the next round of the JZOMON Pop Culture Expo, which will be held... March 13th, 2021, in the San Bernardino Fairgrounds, Grounds, and that is in Victorville, California. Now, we've already announced two of the shows, or, excuse me, two guests, and coming tomorrow on Thursday, we are going to drop a huge, huge bombshell, as far as guest-wise. I think that this particular person will really uh, rev up what we have in store for... The, the fans that come now, the reason I bring this up, especially here on the podcast, is that I really want to to meet you guys. And I, I will be obviously I will be on location there uh, on March 18th or excuse me, March 13th. Um, so. I don't know, I, I, I I'm reaching out because, for example, we've got people coming from all over Okay, uh, I know that somebody's coming from Indiana. I know somebody that's coming from Wisconsin. I know somebody that's coming from Ontario, Canada. Uh, it, it's it's a bigger event. It's becoming a bigger event. Uh, I'm trying to think of... I'm trying to be modest as I'm putting this together. But it's, it's becoming uh, an animal of its own. And I would like to invite you to to join us at PCE, Mom Pop Culture Expo 2021. Uh, Right now, if you go to the website and I will give you the short address because the original address was just really long and a lot of people complained about it. It is PCEHD, HD meaning the high desert. So PCEHD.com and it will shoot you over to the website. Uh, to the main website and it will tell you, you know, Saturday, March 13th, 2021. And it will give you the, the, the two big uh, names that we've already confirmed. Uh, Carrie means who is the voice actor of Frylock from the Aqua teen hunger force will be there. We've signed him. We've got his ink. He will be there. And then uh voice actor extraordinaire, Bob Carter. And, My gosh, he has such a huge background as as far as uh, acting. You know, because he's got uh, Bojack from Dragon Ball Z. That's him. Shao Kahn and Baraka from Mortal Kombat. That's him. Uh, Balrag from Street Fighter. That's him. Sig Curtis from Full Metal Amethyst. That is him. Odin from the game Smite. That's Bob Carter. So he's going to be there, and we are really working on making this event as big as possible. Uh, so come back every week here. You know, I will continue to give info as well as going to pcehd.com. Or you can go to the Facebook page, Twitter page, or Instagram page. Just Jason Mons Pop Culture Expo, and that's where you'll find it okay so that is pretty much it i am going to let's see uh start on some of my plans here as per usual i had to actually shut down the computer just momentarily because it was running so slow i don't know i don't know if you guys Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody uses Facebook. So I'm pretty sure that you guys can understand what I'm about to say is that, you know, with this new Facebook that keeps trying to convert, you know, to the new Facebook and then keep switching over every time I switch back over because I just I I'm it's been this way for what, you know, how many every year's 11 years. And so I don't know. I I just prefer the old one over the new one. But anyway, when I every time I switch back over to the new um, or not, excuse me, not the new, but the old, my computer lags and I'm like, what the heck, you know? So, yeah, I had to shut it down, let it set for a minute. And then we're going to, you know, reboot it back up and hopefully we'll jump into some good nerdy entertainment that you will enjoy. Uh, Speaking of enjoying, you know, there's there's been talk, you know, with uh, the Flash reboot uh, with uh, Ezra Miller. You know, well, it's not really the reboot. It's the Flashpoint movie. And while I, I already understand, coherently understand that it will not be like the Flashpoint comic books or the Flashpoint animated movie it will have its own merit and for a simple fact and it's kind of sad because it's a flash movie but the the full steam of this movie is basically because Ben Affleck is being rumored I don't I don't know if he's actually been confirmed yet that he's going to come back as Batman and this I know for fact that has been confirmed is that Michael Keaton is coming back to reprise his role from the 1989 Batman uh, so, you know, that's that's the main pool on this. So what what is it going to do for the DC Extended Universe is, is the question that I've I've been seeing a lot and a lot of people, people uh, really just invested in. We OK, for DC fans, we love the comics. You guys are killing it with the comics. You're doing better than anybody on the market. And the the product of your animated films are amazing as well. Not so much on the home front of the DC Extended Universe. So we want something. We want something tangible that we can just sink our teeth into. And there's a lot of promise with Flashpoint simply because of the the information that we're being given. Hopefully there will be more given uh, in time. The whole reason I bring this up is because it brings us into the very first article of the night, and it is the flash film will restart the DC extended universe, but doesn't forget anything, which I like. I I do like that. The, the, let me read this and we'll talk some more. Okay. Okay, it says Flash producer Barbara Muskelly teases that the upcoming movie would restart the DC Extended Universe without forgetting anything that comes before. Yes. Flash. Solo film, which zooms into the silver screen in 2022, will see veteran DC Extended Universe star Ezra Miller reprise his role as The Fastest Man Alive. While the movie's release is still two years away, producer Barbara Muscoli has teased that it will restart the DCEU. During a Q&A for the movie at DC Fandom, Muscoli was asked about the movie's plot. She, revealed, she refused to reveal too much about it, but she did tease that The Flash would restart the shared movie universe while remembering everything that came before it. So that is that is very promising. It really is, because there makes... It, it's almost like the the DC, you know, DC uh, 52, because everything was remembered, but then it restarted. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's going to kind of give us a, a 52 fill. It says, and this is a quote, Well... I want, you, I want you to go see it, so I'm not going to tell you a lot, Mishkoli said. But what I will tell you is that that's a ride. It's going to be fun and exciting, and there will be lots of DC characters in it. Flash is the superhero of the film because he is the bridge between all these characters in their timeline. In a way, it restarts everything but doesn't forget anything. Taking cues from the 2011's Flashpoint by Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert, Flash could see Barry Allen as the Flash traveling across different dimensions and meeting alternate versions of other DC characters. The film will also see Ben Affleck and Mike, Michael Keaton reprise their roles as you know it. I'm Batman. Uh, I'm, yes. And it is supposed to be directed by Andy Muscoli with a script by Christina Hudson. The Flash stars Ezra Miller as Barry Allen arrives in theaters June 3rd, 2022. So, you know, that's kind of what's going on right now is that. They're taking everything that they have, all their their toys, and they're going to put it in one sandbox. And they're going to try to shuffle and make it all work to make a coherent timeline. Because that's one of the biggest things that's happening right now is that there's no timeline that interconnects everything together. So that is, well, that's what's being teased anyway. And uh, I'm I'm very legitimately excited to see what kind of movie this is going to turn out to be Because, you know, again, like I said in the beginning, we deserve a good DC movie. I mean, come on. They make amazing animated films. Why can't we have a live-action version that is equally amazing? I don't know. I, I, Yeah, well, I don't want to say I don't know. I'm just... I've learned that I shouldn't get my hopes up, but... Come on, guys, this is this is the opportunity to get. Well, number one, Michael Keaton back in Batman suit. That is just take my money, you know, I, I mean, oh, gosh, and I, I'm going to reflect here. And I'm, I'm going to segue and then I'm or I'm going to digress and then I'll segue back in is um, I remember uh, my my stepdad, Randy. He surprised me because we're like, I knew that 1989 Batman was coming out. And uh, we went, he picked me up from school and we had dinner. And he's like, you know, let's go to the movies. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I, was, I, I knew he wasn't a big superhero fan. So I was like, eh, you know, I didn't ask. Um, so I was figuring it'd probably be like Terminator Commando. Something, something in that time frame, it matched up. Uh, but surprisingly, surprisingly, he took me to, uh, a movie theater and we watched Batman and it was an old fashioned drive-in theater. It was, it was, it's very, it was one of the most memorable events of seeing Batman on the big screen in a drive-in. It was amazing. So, uh, to see After all these years... Because what? What was it? Batman returning came in... What was it? 91? I think? I think so. I think it was like 91. Batman came back uh, with Michael Keaton. So, uh, you know, it's been... God. What? So... Next year, 2021, it will be... Oh, what? I'm trying to do math in my head. Put myself on the spot. Okay, so if you take... Say it comes out okay, 2022. Take away 1991, that is 31. So it'll it, it'd be 31 years since we've actually seen Michael Keaton in a Batman costume. So I'm I'm all for that, absolutely. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move into our next little thing here. I think it will be a fun. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to cut right to it. The Mandalorian Season 2 trailer may reveal Moff Gideon's Star Destroyer? Yes. Okay. The first trailer of Season 2 of Star Wars Mandalorian may have given fans a glimpse of Moff Gideon's very own Star Destroyer. After plenty of anticipation, Disney Plus has finally released the first trailer of Season 2's Star Wars The Mandalorian. The clip revealed that the new season will pick up right where the first one left off. With Din Djarin trying to find the Jedi that can care for the child, while the remnants of the Empire spearhead by Moff Gideon attempt to hunt him down. Getting revealed himself at the close of The Mandalorian Season 1 when he, at the command of a small army of stormtroopers, which included an elite squadron of death troopers, and, if he wasn't already dangerous enough, he also was armed with a legendary dark saber. However, that may not be be all he has. As Season 2 trailer The Mandalorian may have confirmed that the imperial also has his own star destroyer. The new trailer for The Mandalorian focuses primarily on the title character and his small companion, not even featuring a shot of Moff Gideon, but it does include an intriguing scene of stormtroopers running through a corridor that is is clearly an imperial design. It's wide, clean, gray, angled, instantly recognizable as something that belongs inside the Empire's designed vessel. In previous Star Wars films and animated series, the halls of Star Destroyers have been shown on countless occasions, and this shot from the trailer certainly looks like the stormtroopers are running inside one. Since Moff Gideon is essentially the big bad guy of this season, this would indicate that he has a star destroyer to command. After all, in the season one finale of the Disney Plus series, Moff Gideon arrived to face Din Djarin, flying a new design—or excuse me, a new version of the TIE fighter—which was really cool. The small ship had to have come somewhere, right? the large vessel on which the TIE fighter can dock, with the same being the case of Gideon's stormtroopers, with that in mind, then he must have a large ship to transport all of them throughout the galaxy. In Return of the Jedi, the Rebellion destroyed the second Death Star and defeated the Empire. But while their authority was no longer recognized, the Mandalorian revealed that there were still fractions of the Empire operating the galaxy. Plenty of the Star Destroyers were destroyed with the Rebellion 1, but it is likely there were others scattered throughout the stars that remain un Therefore, Moth Gideon can easily become the commander of his own Imperial Star Destroyer. On top of that, in Entertainment Weekly's first look at Season 2, actor... Here we go. Uh, I think. Oh, I believe that is John Carlo. G i a n c a r l o John Carlo Hint that Gideon would find himself at the helm of a large vehicle. Hint, hint. Seemingly teasing the return of the Itonic Imperial Starship and if you've been hiding under a rock it has been created by the one and only john favreau the mandalorian stars pedro pascal gina carrero carl weathers john carlo espinito sorry guys this is like and emily swallow season one is available now on disney plus with two season two premiering the day before Halloween, October 30th. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. You know, since we're, we, we're talking about uh, John Harlow, let's see, where is he at? He also popped up in some news that oh, we were planning on reading. So let's go ahead and, and talk about that. And it just works perfectly. John Carlo Espinito, same gentleman we were talking about, Tim Daly, and many more recite the 1940 Superman radio specials for charity. Various film and TV stars unite, uh, unite after DC's fandom to record classic episodes of the 1940 Superman radio special to benefit the Creative Coalition. That is cool. I'm always for you know some some type of good good cause. I don't think we have enough good cause. Well, we have a lot of so-called good causes, but I think like legitimate good causes are hard to find. Various film and television stars, include, including The Mandalorians John Carlo Espanito, Hawaii Five-Os Daniel Day Kim. Luke Cage's Alfie Wooddor, and none other than Superman animated series Tim Daly united after DC fandom to re-record classic installments of the 1940s Superman radio show to benefit charity. Released exclusively through Variety, these recordings used the original scripts from the old Superman radio specials, with a total of four episodes getting a new iteration. Each episode features a fresh translation as well as different cast. Those work is com- compiled by the sound effects created by René Ruiz. The purpose of these recordings is to lend support to the Creative Coalition, a nonprofit organization dedicated to securing funds for the arts. And educating, mobilizing, and activating its members on issues of public importance. Now, I'm not going to get into any type of causes or anything. But, you know, it's... it's, I like the idea of supporting the arts. Because it doesn't matter what side of the fence you stand on. When it comes to... uh, cutting and budgeting, the arts are always the first to get cut. So to see an outside influence that is putting money towards the arts is I think something very commendable. Uh, and uh, yeah well, let' let's keep going. I, I started started up on my step on my soapbox let me step back down. I'm down. All right, here we go. Hold tight. The first episode narr- narrated by Eric McCormick, the star, Espinito as Superman's father Jor-el. Espinito is joined by Yolanda Ross, who played Laura, and Katara Scor- Scorsese. Is that Scorsese? Wow. Who plays Rosin? Additionally, Richard Kind, Constant Zimmer and Sam Daly star as members of the Krypton Council. Meanwhile, Episode 2 is narrated by Terry Crews and stars Tim Daly, who reprises his role as Clark Kent Superman from the animated series. The second episode also features Happy Days' Henry Winkler as the Professor, Woodard as Perry White, Zimmer as Miss Smith, Sam Daly as John and Sean Grimmerborn as Jimmy. All right. Narrated by Jason Alexander. Now that is a name that you have not heard in a long time. Uh, He is in episode three, sees Wilson Cruz take over the role as Superman. Cruz is joined by Lee D. Laura as Kino, Tony Shalhub as Woof and Nicholas Gonzalez as the conductor. Finally, a formidable Kim portrays Superman in episode 4. In this episode, Jason Isaac plays Woof while Anthony Rapp takes over as Kino and Anthony Cardigan joins the fray as the superintendent. Episode 4 also features Espinosa's Breaking Bad and Better Call, Sal Cole's co-star, Dean Norris, as the member of the Assemble. The Superman adventure aired on American radio from 1940 to 1951, running for a total of 2088 episodes the show the radio show was credited for introducing key aspects to Superman mythos such as kryptonite as well as characters like Perry White Jimmy Olsen the March 2nd 1945 episode of the adventures of Superman also marked the first time the man is still met Batman and Robin that is very cool so go check that out I believe that was at vanity so they didn't—they're not giving me a website to go to, but just uh, throw in the Google machine vanity and say Superman, and I think that'll probably get you where you need to go. Uh, for a couple shekels, I might give it a listen. I mean, why not? It sounds fun. We—you know—it's—it's it's fun. How do I explain this? As a podcaster. There's a, a special fondness for audio. You know, you, you, even though people may not see it, but a podcaster is on the same level as talk radio or a DJ. It's, it's all the same intertwined family. We all talk and we, we, you know, try to entertain or educate or whatever. So, the, the idea of bringing back radio plays from the 1940s is fantastic because obviously a, a visual medium such as television or movies or watch, uh, video games, for that matter, it's all a visual medium. So there's really not much imagination in use but when you go and you you listen to a radio show and there's no visual stimulation you have to use your imagination to create your own world using the words and the voices and the sound effects so i again i think it's just a really fun a cool idea again and it's also helping the arts so why not as you know if you can afford it Definitely. Uh, Again, I I haven't even checked it out yet as far as how much the price is. But if it's affordable, I may listen to them. Now, I don't know if they're going to make an entire 2088 episodes, which would be really cool if they did. But I don't see that happening. So we will have to kind of stay tuned and see what happens next in the world of Superman. Superman. But before I I go and I go into the next subject, I think one of the things that I I, want to throw out there, just for like, I don't know, by wild chance of circumstance, a producer listening, I want to hear the version, the modern version of when Superman met Batman and Robin. I want to hear that. I, I don't care. Take my money. That's just something, because again, like I was just reading on the the article, that was the first time they ever had a crossover, was through the audio show. So, yeah, let's see what it's like. Well, not really see, but let's hear what it's like in an interpretation. Okay, Uh, speaking of Batman, that brings me to my comics. And if you are new to the show, I... I kind of have a running format. I open with a movie, and then I go into a TV show, and then I go into a cartoon, and then I hit comic books. And typically after the comic books, then I will hit you with a toy of the week. So we are almost at the deadline of this show. So let's go ahead and jump into the comic book news. As we see... And like I was talking about Batman, Batman, Joker's War reintroduces Gotham's most notorious vehicle. As the Joker War continues to spread devastation through Gotham City, one of Batman's uh yep stupid stupid ad popped up. Okay, let me try that again. I'm not even gonna cut. I'm just gonna keep on going. The Joker War continues to spread devastation around Gotham City's one of Batman's worst foes unveiled the latest incarnation of their infamous infamous ride. That's a great picture of Batman and and, uh, Nightwing, the the original Robin. That is just uh, a really great drawing. Okay, let's see what kind of goodness that this article brings me bring me good some goodness okay in the following i have to do the warning the following contains spoilers for batman 99 by james tyron the fourth jorge hermendez tamu Mori, clayton cows and it's now available. I'm Batman. Alright, here we go. Among many other gadgets, Batman's wide array of vehicles are constant assets in his never-ending war against crime. However, Joker War has seen the crown the crown prince of crime seize control over those assets. And now the Joker has used some of Bruce Wayne's fortune to build himself a new Joker mobile. That's right. In Batman 99, the Joker makes his way through the parking garage in Midtown Gotham. There... One of his henchmen tells the Joker that his new vehicle has been prepared for his specifications. The Joker stands in front of the new vehicle. A stretched SUV painted in all purple with a red green face and plenty of (laughs) sprayed paint on the car. Yeah, I do. uh, I do more of a Romero, Cesar Romero type, you know joker you know yeah that's 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 my best joker uh let's see yeah i i did that and i kicked my side (laughs) all right the crown prince of crime notes that it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen which is exactly why he loves it Hopping in the back of the new car, the Joker tells his driver to take him to Ace Chemicals. The only way over the crown, or the yeah, the clown muses about Gotham's true nature to his driver. In its current chaos, Gotham, in the Joker's mind, is no longer pretending to be something that it is not. Yeah, oh, okay, that's that's kind of cool looking. Ah. Uh... It's a, a stretch SUV. Actually, it looks more like a stretch Humvee. But I don't know if they can actually say it. it's a you know a Humvee because it's a, a particular type of vehicle. You know, it's like if you say it's a Ford or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a dark purple, and it's got the red face, you know, the smiley face. And in green, it's got the ha-ha's. I like it. I would, you know, I would drive it. Yeah, I would. I'm a nerd like that, gang. I sure would. Indeed, the Joker believes that Batman made false promises and tried to create a fantasy land out of a city. On the other hand, the Joker says that he understands the real Gotham, a cruel, dirty place filled with corrupt and the dead. During this discussion, the Joker's men are destroying and vandalizing Gotham, illustrating how the Joker is attempting to take Gotham back from Batman. In a way, creating his own Joker-mobile is another attempt by the Joker to counter Batman's vision of Gotham City. The Jokermobile first appeared in October 1946's Batman No. 37, in a story by Jerry Robinson. In this issue, the clown Prince of Crime created his own version of Batman's gadgets to compete with the Dark Knight. This included the Jokermobile, which was much like the Batmobile, with some uniquely Joker-esque features. For example, the Jokomobile could create a path of wooden planks to pass over potholes, and there were also machine guns in front and back of the vehicle. After the initial tell, the Jokomobile appeared on and off over the years, undergoing various cosmetic changes. Later on, the Jokomobile was much leaner, looking more like a race car than a tank. The Joker's face also became more prominent on the front of the vehicle over time. I'm sure we all had that, and it kind of makes me think of the, the, the toy of the Jokermobile, especially like in the 80s. You know, it was just like this, uh, it was almost like a 1940s or 1950s-esque car, and it had this big old head of the Joker smile in front of it. That's kind of where my mind went with that. And uh, that's actually what they're showing right now is the, the 1940s, 1950s uh, car with the Joker's face in front of it. That was the very first incarnation of the Joker-Mobile. It says the Joker-Mobile was generally used in the Joker's goofier stories, such as World's Finest 88 by Edmund Hamilton and Dick Strain. This issue saw the Joker team up with Lex Luthor to take down their respective nemesis. Of course, the 1975 Joker series featured the joker quite prominently as well. In Joker number 5 by Elliot, uh, or Elliot S. Magan and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, the Joker-Mobile's concept was taken a bit further. When the Joker attached the car to his new mobile lair called Ho-Home-On-The-Wheels. Okay, yes, that sounds very 70-ish. Eventually, the Joker started dating Harley Quinn. He retired the Joker-mobile, feeling that it was too corny. At Harley's request, however, the clown took the vehicle out for one more last spin. During this ride, a group of teenagers made fun of the Joker-Mobile, leading the Joker to shoot the unfortunate kids. After this incident, the Joker-Mobile was apparently retired for good. With the return of the Joker-Mobile, Batman's greatest foe has illustrated his commitment to defeating the Dark Knight once and for all. Even though the Joker only rides in it for a few pages, Joker's new ride is perfect. The kind of Excess and Nash Netch Niche can't talk Niche <laughs> that defines the villain so there you go and that I don't know I I I I, I don't know I like it I do but I don't kind of like the I, I don't like the name joker you know it's he, the 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 Joker that is being envisioned nowadays, I think, is beyond trying to make fun of or rip off Batman, and this kind of reminds us of like the nineteen sixty eight sixish version of you know Batman, when Batman had the the sh- the bat shark repellent in his belt or the bat antidote, you know that. That's kind of where my mind goes with the Joker, you know, because, you know, the Joker at one point, I remember I was really young. I read a a comic where the Joker had the Joker utility belt and it was basically the Batman belt of the 1960s. And instead of it being, you know, bat earplugs, they were Joker earplugs or the haha plugs or something like that. And I don't know it don't make it too corny is all i'm saying because we 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 see batman in a different light nowadays and it's a lot darker it's a lot broodier and i just don't think it would be really wise to go and start making him super campy uh well especially how serious this series is the joker war Now, I know that there's another piece that I skipped over that I was like, eh, because – but I'll just touch on it shortly, and I'm not going to read the article. But it's uh, another piece from The Joker War as where they're talking about – he literally takes the suit, the Batman suit, and he puts it on. He's wearing the Batman suit, and he kind of does it up you know with the the Joker smile and all that, and it's the Joker suit. And – Again, I feel like it's getting a little too campy. It's getting a little too corny. Um, like he's supposed to be the anti Batman. He's not the anti Batman. He is the Joker. He is the standalone character to, him, to himself. And I I do like the idea of having the Joker have a vehicle that matches him, but to call it the Joker Mobile, I don't know. Um, you know what? I'm going to ask you guys. If you want to, you can email me at mypubliclife at jayzomon j a y z o m o n dot com. Tell me what you think. Do you think that it's not too campy to have the Joker Bill, or do you agree with me as far as that? You know, it's just, you know, kind of pull it back, guys. Don't get too overboard. Again, that is at mypubliclife at jayzomon j a y z o m o n dot com. Why? Because we care. <laughs> All right, gang. We are running around the last corner here as we pull up the toy of the week. All right. So as we are coming into this, uh, this has got to be one of my favorite things to do <laughs> every week is to to go and look through the big bad toy store. And find something that just really strikes my fancy. And I know I say this probably every week, but you know the the listeners is growing with each episode, so I I'm putting this out there for every new person listening for the first time. Which thank you by the way, if you are listening to the show for the very first time. Uh, my my good friend Mario Martinez uh, got me back into. Uh, collecting now for many years I collected comic books and I legitimately had thousands of comic books and then uh, when my wife passed away I sold a lot of my comics to to for her funeral and expenses so I I fell out of comic books and I kind of stopped collecting now I I have always that's not true I I'm a collector I started collecting movies but anyway I digress what had happened is, is he introduced me to NECA. Now, NECA is a, a brand or a manufacturer that makes action figures. Now, I know you're probably thinking, oh, they're toys. Well, yeah, they are. They're toys. That's why I call it the toy of the week. But it's it's adult toys. They're not made to be played with. They're made to be displayed, you know, almost like, uh, like a, a miniature statue, you know, a statuette. And I've always been a fan of Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. So I bought me, my very first one was a a NECA Nightmare on Elm Street 2 action figure. And it kind of grew over time. And I've I've got up to like part four. I just can't find it. It's hard to find. So with that in mind, because of how fun it was to, to collect these action figures every week i go to the website and i go and i find the the store or the store the toy that catches my attention the most now typically what i do is i find the 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 toy that is in pre-order so just in case you are listening to this you know Two weeks from now, a week from now, whatever, you still have that opportunity to make a pre-order, and you can get it with the the rest of us. You know, so you're not behind. You're not left behind. Is what I'm trying to say. So this week, uh, I was I was actually on the phone and we chatting, and uh, I was just scrolling down, and I'm like, oh my god, I saw this, and I, I literally took my phone because I was on video chat. And I turned it around, and I was like, look at this. It just, it's just just like, wow. And I was like, this is it. This is the toy of the month. Now, it doesn't fit any theme that we put out there today. It, it has no superhero theme. And, and basically, that's pretty much all that we covered uh, was, let's see, was, um, yeah, it was superhero stuff mainly. Um, but anyway, this is horror film. This is old school horror film. And, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to hold it off for anymore. It is The Exorcist, Defo Real series, Reagan McNeil, by Star Ace, X Plus brand, The Exorcist. And holy moly in a half shell. It, Wow. It was it, it. This thing is creepy as all get out. If if um. See for me, The Exorcist to this day still scares me. Um. So <laughs> looking at it, especially at almost one o'clock in the morning, it it gives me the heebie-jeebies. But uh okay, so it is it's not a, a to scale model. The head is really large. The body is smaller and it's Reagan. She's in full exorcist mode with the, the yellow eyes and the, the fake puke coming out of her mouth and the scratches on her face and her head's turned backwards. And she's in that, that kind of uh, turquoise with the, what is that black dot gown that she was wearing while she was in the bed. Um, yeah, very, very creepy. And, um, let me just go to the product description and let's see. Go from there. From the horrifying 1973 movie, The Exorcist introduced the world to the demonic possession through an unexpecting 12 year old girl, Reagan McNeil, who was possessed by a demon. The possession caused her to transmutate into something otherworldly, causing her to project vomit green slime run down the stairs in an uncanny position, which was the spider walk. Yeah, that was scared the crap out of me. And her head spun a complete 360 degrees. From the Defo real line, Reagan is now recreated as a highly detailed stylized porcelain figure that focuses on her terrifying gaze. She can be seen having a demonic smile with pea soup drool dripping from her chin. She features a real fabric nightdress and rooted hair, a must-own for horror fans. It is it is very creepy. It is very creepy. So, the product features is it's 5.9 inches or 15 centimeters tall. It is made of poly polyresin, and fabric highly detailed rooted hair features real fabric from the classic 1973 film the exorcist the box contains basically just the reagan mcneil figure which is cool it is cool and um, one of the things here that i know let's see this has a general safety warning product sold May be intended for adult collectors. Products may contain sharp points, small parts, choking hazards, and other elements not suitable for children under 16 years old. Okay. Now we go over here to pre-order notes, and it says pre-order will arrive in the date estimated, not guaranteed. No payment is due upon product is available to ship. And the item may be cancelled anytime before the payment is due. Now, I'm going to hit you with the cost. And it is expected to arrive the first quarter of 2021. And you are looking at $99.99 for this. And it just, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. If you're someone who enjoys the horror genre like I do and you are looking to get into some type of collecting, this is it. This is your starting point because you, you find something and you run with it. Neither you could go into The Exorcist because there's tons of Exorcist stuff out there, or you could go into like 1970s horror. You could go all over. You could start an amazing collection with this. And no, let me say no, I am not sponsored by the big bad toy Uh It's just I am a sincere fan of their stuff and their prices, and uh, I use them regularly. And again, it's, it's, it's an endorsement, but it's not a paid endorsement. So there you go for this week. Uh, and let me double-check that one more time. It is estimated to arrive the first quarter. And let's see if I can help you a little bit more here. If you go to www.bigbadtoystore.com/slash product/slash variation details, capital V on the variation and capital D on the details, one three five six eight seven, that bad boy will get you where you need to go. And that is it. I'm just making sure that that's everything, the product that all my, I want to give you everything that I can give you. And, Oh, you know what? Let me go ahead and enter this last bit of detail is about standard grade because I did get an email and I apologize. Uh, I want to say it was Justin who emailed me. Uh, I was going to address it last week, completely slipped my mind, almost slipped my mind now until I actually saw it. Um, now, this is their grade standards. Now, some people are just will pull them straight out of the box and put them on display, and that's cool. But there's some people that are preferably like myself, I keep them in the box. I don't open the box, I don't do anything with the box, and the condition is of it is is very important to me and to people like myself so with that being said it is standard grade this is coming straight from the website it says standard grade this item is brand new in mint condition packaging is cased and fresh but may have flaws suitable display in package or open And you can go to the website. You can check out their packaging grading guide. That is a lot of reading uh, that I am not going to do on this show. So you can go to the website, www.bigbadtoystore.com. And check it out yourself. All right, gang. I think we are done for this week. Uh, Yeah, we've gone through a lot in the fast time. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me on those, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram.com, at David K. Montoya. Uh, I've pretty much got that market to myself. So if you're on social media, you want to connect with me, pop in David K. Montoya, and that is probably going to be me. Uh, 99% chance or you can email me again here at mypubliclife at jayzomon com, and you can tell me if I suck or if you like my stuff or to go away which I won't but you can you can still tell me if you want uh I'll read it and uh let's see what else that is pretty much it for this time around. Uh, come back next week, and I will tell you who our, our big uh, reveal is for this, this coming Thursday for Pop Culture Expo 2021. Or you can just go and follow that at the website, pcehd.com, or you can find it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There's just so much that you can find and we produce and we try to put out there and entertain as much as we can. And we ask for very little to just indulge, just enjoy. We're not really asking a bunch to return. All right, gang, that is enough rambling for this week. So for my public life as an American nerd, I am your host, Debbie K. Montoya. And as always... I bid you adieu.